0: In three, in two, in one. Hi everybody, Tim Anderson here, the Appraiser's Advocate. Thank you for sitting down with me today to listen to this podcast. I appreciate it. In this one, we're going to talk about reconsiderations of value. Now, reconsiderations of value are not really popular, as you can imagine. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about their place in real estate appraisal. We're going to talk about how to avoid them, how to short-circuit them, and we're even going to talk a little bit about the concept of ghosting because some appraisers are taking that attitude, and we'll talk about what that is in a minute. Now, a reconsideration of value, an ROV, is just that. Somebody thinks the appraiser has made a mistake. Whether the appraiser actually did or did not is not the point of this podcast. The point is, this request comes in. They stem from somebody thinking that the appraiser made a mistake. Their purpose and function is to give the appraiser the opportunity to take a look at the appraisal and the appraisal report and determine if indeed he or she made a mistake and then the appraiser has the opportunity to fix that mistake. Do clients, AMCs, lenders, real estate brokers, borrowers, and sellers use an ROV as an opportunity to try to intimidate the appraiser? Yes, they most certainly do. But the point is, they're part of real estate appraisal. So we have to look at them as just that, part of appraising. And I'll get to to some of the ramifications of that in a minute. Now, lenders and AMCs require revisiting the value conclusion, revising the value conclusion, or reconsidering the value conclusion when somebody thinks the appraiser came in at less than market value. Lenders require them simply because if they don't, If they think there's a mistake in the appraisal and they don't ask the appraiser to take another look at it, they lose what's called an affirmative defense if a buyback situation ever presents itself. So, as a result, by putting the appraiser on notice that the client thinks there has been a mistake, the lender is exercising its responsibility, its due diligence, to get to the bottom of the issue. Appraisers don't like it, but That's just part of the game we get to play. Now, when the ROV comes in, the appraiser is expected to respond. We talked earlier about the concept of ghosting. Ghosting is the process, for lack of a better word, of the appraiser ignoring the request to take another look at the value. In other words, the client calls and says, look, appraiser, we want to go back. We want you to reconsider this value, and we need it within 6 hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever it is. And then the appraiser turns into a ghost. The appraiser just disappears, doesn't answer phone calls, doesn't answer emails, doesn't respond, hoping, of course, that this whole mess is going to go away. They tend not to, however. Now, ghosting is very poor professional and poor business practice. It's poor professional practice simply because the appraiser has an obligation to finish the assignment. And if the reconsideration of value is indeed legitimate, If the appraiser did indeed make a mistake, it's up to the appraiser to admit that, fix it, and move on. It's poor business practice because it will cost you clients and therefore will cost you money. And when things start costing us money, we start to pay attention to them. So we want to avoid ghosting. Another reason we want to avoid ghosting is simply because it's unethical. Now you say, Tim, Where in USPAP does it mention ghosting? And quite frankly, it doesn't. However, USPAP does mention such things as misleading. If you tell the client you're competent to take on a job, that means you're competent to go back and look at it and admit if there's an error. So to ghost a client in this situation is unethical. And that step, ghosting the client, gives the client the opportunity to take the complaint to the state. And of course, once the state gets it, even if the appraiser goes, oops, okay, I'll go back and reconsider the value, it's too late. The state is not going to drop the charge. So ghosting, when an ROV comes in, is unethical. Bad business practice and bad personal practice. Now, how do we avoid ROVs? There are a number of ways to do it. The first one is not an avoidance. The first one is to recognize that ROVs are going to take place and therefore build into the fee and turnaround time, quote, a factor for an ROV. Now, let's face it. You don't get an ROV on every job you do. Let's say you got one every 10th job. That basically means is you're going to build something into the fees such that when you do get that ROV, when you do have to stop doing what you're doing otherwise to consider the ROV, consider the other sales the client sends in, and if necessary, make the changes to the report, because you accounted for it, because you budgeted for it, you know that you're getting paid for it as you take that time away from other assignments. A second one, which is really an attempt to short-circuit the ROV process, is to send out a sample of your work to an independent auditor for an ROV review. Basically, you would ask the auditor to look for any mistakes, look for any inclusions, look for any exclusions that are going to raise a specter of a client or a lender or an AMC or whatever taking an issue with the appraisal, thus filing the ROV. When you send out a sample of your work, that's not a violation of confidentiality per se. You can build that into your contract with your client. It is, however, an opportunity for you to become a better appraiser because you've got a pair of independent eyes looking at an appraisal to determine if there are problems. Chances are, if that independent audit shows there are problems, there are problems with other appraisal reports which you have not submitted to an independent audit. And finally, consider this. Educate yourself. Train yourself in your appraising skills, in your writing skills, in your deductive skills, in your analytical skills, especially your writing and communication skills, to the point where you're not going to get ROVs. Remember, your client does not have to agree with your value opinion. The client merely has to follow your logic from point A to point B. This is what USPAP means by credible, worthy of belief. If the client can follow your logic, if the client can follow your reasoning, if your client can follow what you did, how you did it, and why you did it, then the appraisal is credible and the report is not misleading. A credible appraisal is the purpose of Standard 1, an appraisal report that is not misleading is the purpose of Standard 2. So again, as we talk about ROVs, A request to reconsider value, the best thing you can do is get to the point where they become unnecessary. Now, is everybody going to get the occasional ROV? Of course. That's why you build into your fee and your turnaround time and allowance for that. That's why you send out the occasional report for an external audit so you get fewer ROVs. This is why you train yourself in your writing skills, your analytical skills, your communication skills, so that you don't get them. Once you get to that point, you don't have to worry about them anymore. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast to tell you how to avoid ROVs. Thanks for listening. I'm Tim Anderson, the Appraisers Advocate. If I can be of any help to you anytime, please get in touch with me, Tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. It'll be an honor to meet with you. It will be a pleasure to work with you. Please let me extend my best to you and your family. Thank you. And we're clear. Oh, I'm sorry, by the way, are your professional fees professional enough?